Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Kylie Roach, author of the new novel, Killer Content. Kylie, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Sure. Well, if someone hasn't yet heard about your novel, Killer Content, how would you describe the novel? Yeah, so Killer Content um, is a murder mystery set in a TikTok content house. So basically, if you're not familiar with those, there are groups of houses of influencers, people with a lot of followers on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, etc., um, that then live together to make content together and grow their following exponentially. Um, so this is kind of a Knives Out, Agatha Christie style uh, whodunit um, set in one of those influencer houses. And do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to write killer content? Yeah. Um, so I think that like some of the themes were things that I had been kind of mulling over for a long time. So I was thinking a lot about like how much time I was spending on social media, how much time my peers are spending on social media and kind of the disconnect between that and our real lives where you're presenting a version of yourself, but it's kind of this like um, curated version of yourself online and kind of what that, how that affected us. Um, so that was kind of like mulling in the back of my mind. And I came home um, to Chicago um, at the beginning of the pandemic in March, um, and I was talking to my 18-year-old brother, and he was describing to me these kind of like TikTok collab houses and how it was young people, you know, usually around 17 years old, maybe a little bit older, maybe a little bit younger, all living in a house together, you know, had millions of followers, making millions of dollars on sponsorship deals, then living with people who are their friends, but also their like colleagues, but also their competitors, and just kind of this idea of that like social media for them was inescapable. And I remember hearing this and it's kind of a glamorous idea, but I also heard it and I was like, wow, that sounds like Lord of the Flies. Um, and so right <laughs> when I said that, about it sounds like Lord of the Flies. I was like, well, what if someone died? Um, so then I that kind of like in that moment had the idea um, that if there was um, a murder mystery and the rest of the house were suspects. Um, and so then from there, um, I was really, felt really inspired and the idea started to take form immediately of who these characters were and what the plot would be. Uh, but yeah, that was that conversation with my brother, all of a sudden I'm mulling over the idea of writing something on social media and then just like a kind of a lightning bolt moment. That's great. Well, what was your writing journey that led you to writing and getting your first novel published? Uh, yeah. So this is actually my third book. Um, so, and I was very lucky in my writing journey. Um, I've always been writing like since I was younger, I had, trouble like learning to read when I was younger I had to get uh, special help with it and thankfully like the tutors and uh, special people who helped me uh, special as teacher to help me um in lower school like really encouraged my love of reading and that grew into a love of writing so I've been writing fiction <laughs> since like the seventh grade I'm sure that the stuff I wrote in the seventh grade I have not looked back at it but uh, <laughs> it sure wasn't great but I've been writing for you know many years um even like at a young age uh, and then I was fortunate in high school to be able to be part of um, a couple of like mentorship journalism programs with the New Trump Tribune. So I started writing more like in a professional way that way. Um, and then I queried and signed with my um, agent right before I graduated high school. I think I actually signed through maybe like two days after I graduated high school. Um, so I, I was very fortunate to have like my writing journey take off at such a young age. Um, and so then I, my first book, uh, Fracker, was published. Um, I like worked on it in college, and then it was published while I was in college. And then my second book, um, The Dating Game, came out. And then, yeah, this is my third book, but my first murder mystery. Um, and it's a little bit different than my other book, so I'm, I'm really excited about it. That's great. Well, after you had this idea, after this conversation with your brother about these TikTok 
influence her houses. Did you end up doing any research about um, social media or how teens are using TikTok or did you just dive into the novel? Yeah. So I had worked previously um, at Bloomberg as, as an intern where I had covered technology and written about um, influencers um, reading from Instagram to TikTok um, and got to work with a number of the journalists there and uh, like come shadow them. So I was lucky that I already had like a pretty good base in this kind of um, industry and my understanding of it. Um, and then from there, I did uh, do a fair amount of research. Um, and I always joke with my uh, with my family that basically the two hours, three hours I spent scrolling on TikTok <laughs> every day <laughs> um, is research. Um, oftentimes, it's really not. I'm just <laughs> like everyone enjoying TikTok and racking up three time hours. So I think it was a little bit of both of that kind of background that I had of understanding that influencer industry and kind of the economics of it um, from working at Bloomberg and then just being a uh, avid social media user. So I got to be exposed to that. Um, and then, of course, you know, it's a novel. So bringing in kind of like that kind of imagined uh, perspective of just kind of um, thinking about what would it be like emotionally to be in these kind of situations? What would uh, what would that be like? Exaggerating how I feel and I think a lot of people feel just as people on the internet, you know, posting to just like their family and friends on how much more dramatic those emotions would be if there were a million people on the other side. So that if you make a typo in your Instagram story and you're like, oh, that's kind of embarrassing, like, you know, a thousand people saw it, but like, what if, you know, five million, 50 million people saw it and how that would like affect the way that you operate in the world if you were kind of always being surveilled. Sure. Well, I'm curious, are you using TikTok for um, any publicity around your book? I am using TikTok. So I have TikTok at my name at Kylie Rhodes, um, which I use to like talk about my book, but also just kind of like, you know, go on with different trends and memes and just for fun. Um, and then I also um, have a TikTok handle, Lit Layer LA, which is the TikTok handle in the book. So um, I think that'll be pretty fun for fans of the book to follow there. And um I'll kind of follow along with that because uh, we'll do some posting um, kind of tied in with the book. Um, so, yeah. That's great. Well, when you're writing a book for teens, do do you have that audience in mind? And is there is there any uh, topics that you stay away from? I'm just curious about that. Yeah, it's interesting because I've been writing since I was a teenager. So um, when I think about like why I write young adult, it's, I was young adult when I started writing. Um, so like my first uh, two books, I like, my first book I wrote when I was 18 that was published and I was writing other manuscripts um, that I was like learning from that I didn't get published before that. Um, so I've always just kind of written for teens. Um, I try to like respect my teen audience and know that like they are encountering among their peers at school, like like meeting people and, and knowing that like, for example, underage drinking is a thing. I'm not going to pretend that like that doesn't happen. I do respect sure. and understand that different teens make different decisions about different um like whether they drink when they're in high school and college wait till they're 21 never drink um so i want to like have that um ar array but i also don't want to like um i want to respect my teen audience and know that they this is probably not the first time that they're going to learn about drinking <laughs> if i depict it in the book um so i try to always um have a balance of you know as i grew out of um i'm 25 now so i grew out of the ya age group trying to keep in mind you know, what would be appropriate to depict um, for that age group, but also understanding that, you know, these are young people have the internet, they are in school and they have peers and they like 
know about the world. So kind of that balance of making sure that, you know, that it is aimed for the teen audience and accurate to their lives. Um, and also like respecting that, you know, they, they're also operating in the world and have the internet and are exposed to uh, many different things. Sure. Well, what was your writing process when you were working on killer content? Once you had this idea that you mentioned earlier, when you were talking to your brother about these influencer houses, mm-hmm. did you end up outlining the novel extensively before you started writing or did you just kind of dive into the narrative? What's your process with that? Yeah, it's interesting because usually I'm a bit of a pantser, as people say, so not a plotter, like a fly by the seat of your pants, just kind of jump in. Um, but with this book, I immediately started thinking kind of of the plot points. So I did a bit of outlining at first um, and then started writing scenes as they came to me and then going back to the outline. Um, and this is the first book I've done this, but I put all the different scenes on note cards and then was arranging them first on a dry erase board. And then I ran out of space. Um, so then in my, I was living at home during the pandemic. So thankfully, my dad let me tape them all up on the wall <laughs> of his basement. So like this <laughs> giant wall with all these color-coded note cards the whole plot of the book. So uh, there's a plot twist in this book and this is, I have, won't talk about it, but if someone happened to have come by <laughs> at that time, they could have seen it on the wall, but it was the pandemic. So no one really did. But yeah, ironically, it was just on my dad's wall um, for a while <laughs> in the basement during the pandemic. Um, but yeah, so I plotted out like that and then, you know, was moving things around a lot and replotting um, with those note cards. So that was fun because it was like an outline, but it was dynamic and I could like, you know, step away from my desk and, and look at it. Um, so that was really cool. And I've never used that before. Um, so I might use it for my future books, but um, it was a really helpful tool. That's good. Well, I read an interview with you where you discussed that you have a music playlist for every novel that you work on. What were some of the songs on the playlist for killer content? Oh, <laughs> thank you. That's a great question. Um, yeah, it's funny because this playlist uh, is very, like Spotify tries to recommend things to add, but this playlist is like, Basically, the idea of California and the idea of fame and then murder. <laughs> so it really confused Spotify. Um, but yeah, so uh, like, for example, Beverly Hills by Weezer is on there. California Girls by Katy Perry is on there. Um, and then a lot of songs from the musical Chicago are on there. I love Chicago. And all, like, uh, it's like it's done a great job of engaging with these kind of like um, themes about fame and this kind of campy uh, theme or campy tone. And I just. I love Chicago, so there's a lot like Roxy and Selbach Tango is on there. Um, and then there's like... Um... You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. The song Secret, which is like the Pretty Little Liar seed song and songs like that that have to do um, with kind of murder of teenagers by my chemical romance. Yeah. So it's a very um, kind of eclectic playlist. Um, 
<laughs> but it makes sense to me as I was writing the book. But sure. yeah, so sure. yeah. <laughs> well, well, given your novel killer content and your earlier novel, the gate, the dating game about a unique dating app, you're obviously tuned into how teens and college students are using social media. Does does that use worry you, or 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 what are your thoughts about it? Yeah, it's really hard to say. Um, I have a lot of complicated feelings about it because I think in many ways, um, social media helps people connect. Um, and I think that a lot of times these can be really genuine connections. Like when I was in high school, I was using Tumblr a lot as well as Twitter and Instagram. And like my high school friend group in Illinois ended up like meeting via Twitter and becoming friends with a high school friend group in Minnesota that had a lot of common. It was just like uh, a very cool experience. Um and so, like, there's a lot of beautiful things like that that happen all the time on the internet. Uh, but then there's also, you know, I think that a lot of us, if we're feeling alone or sad or something like that, we pick up our phone and we open social media because, you know, you can be uh, waiting for the dentist or waiting for a subway train and just open social media and get that quick, like, hit of feeling like you're connected to someone. But oftentimes, you're really not. You're just kind of seeing, like, the highlight reels of people's lives and, and not really, like, having that kind of deep connection that you more likely would have in person. Um, and so I think that sometimes, you know, I think of like sitting people like feeling alone and sitting at home and like just kind of scrolling through endlessly with this blue light in front of their face. That's like very different than like gathering around a table and like breaking bread with friends or like going to the park and hanging out. And so I don't know, I think there's like a lot of great connections that can be gained through it, but then also sometimes it can kind of like, be kind of this like false sense of connection um and then we're missing out on you know like i don't really remember a time before the internet um but like you know theoretically you'd have to have like called your friends made a plan and met at the place <laughs> you're gonna go to and now i feel like and i'm guilty of this well but like we often like can be like busy and then flake and be like oh sorry can we do next week instead um and then just kind of scroll through our phones and that's not really the same as having those kind of meaningful moments so yeah it's it's complicated. Sure. It is. Well, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories and novels? Yeah, I to try a bunch of different things. Um, I don't know if that's very helpful, but I think that different things work for different people. And one thing I learned from this book is that something that hadn't worked for me in the past really helped. So I always was, I, I would previously like sit down to write a book. And if I tried to plot first, I would get like so stressed about like, was the plot making sense? Are there plot holes? Is this good enough? But then I like would kind of get stuck. So I had to just jump right into writing and then go back and re revise it later. And then this time I like really enjoyed the note cards on the wall and moving them around and brainstorming. Um, so I think that like, you know, if people are just starting writing and getting started, like try a few different things, see what you like. Um, and then even if you're a more experienced writer, I think that like one thing I try to practice is, um, especially after this experience, trying different things and seeing what works. Um, and yeah, if you kind of feel that writer's block, like switch it up, even if that means like working on your couch instead of working at your desk or, you know, plotting on the wall instead of plotting like in an Excel spreadsheet, like just kind of shaking it up, I think can get you out of feeling stuck. So that's probably my biggest piece of advice is, you know, keep seeking advice from lots of different writers and then try all the different things. That's great. Well, are you working on a new novel now? Yeah, I am. I'm kind of starting a couple of different projects and I'm kind of in that brainstorming stage. So um, I'm making some notes and, and writing a couple of like trial scenes. Even when I like start with more plotting, I like to write a few um, scenes like in each character's voice to try to like 
figure it out. So yeah, I'm at that early stage now, but I'm excited to be um, to be beginning a, another project and kind of at that drafting stage. That's great. Well, what novels or nonfiction books have you read recently that you enjoyed? Well, right now I just started reading um, Our Violent Delight by Chloe Gong, and it's so great. So I'm really excited about that. I love the first one. Um, I'm, I'm really excited for the end of this uh, duology. Well, I'm not excited for it to be over, but I'm <laughs> excited <laughs> to be reading it. Um, and then I'm listening to the audiobook of Going There by Katie Turf, which has been awesome, and I'm really excited to keep listening to that. Um, the last book I have just finished um, was Co- a Conversations with Friends by Sally Rooney. It's been out for a while, but I had read Normal People and really liked it, and then um, had realized that I had never read her first book, so I went back and read that. Um, so yeah, I'm enjoying all of those right now. That's great. Well, where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your novels and your latest novel, Killer Content? Yeah. Um, so my website is my name, KylieRoach.com. Um, and then I also am on all social media platforms. So <laughs> my name, Kylie Roach, um, on Twitter, Instagram, I have Facebook. I use that less, um, but um, you can also still find me there. And I'll post important things like books coming out there. Um, but yeah, Twitter, Instagram, and then of course, TikTok, um, Kylie Roach on TikTok or uh, Lit Layer LA on um, Instagram or TikTok. That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Kylie Roach, author of the new novel, Killer Content. The book is on sale now, so go buy a copy. And Kylie, thanks for doing this interview. Thanks so much for having me. Great. Thanks a lot. Now, stay tuned for a brief excerpt from the audiobook of Killer Content by Kylie Roach, available wherever audiobooks are sold. I swear to God, if we don't get it this time, I'm going to kill you both. Cammy's face is red with exertion. She grabs my arm, her grip a bit too firm, and guides me through the moves again. It's right, left, turn, and pose, okay? So basically how we've been doing it? I mumble. How I've been doing it? You're still off. Cammy snaps. Cammy's full name is Dolores Camila Villalobos de Avila, but almost everyone calls her Cammy. Since, in her words, Dolores is a name for a grandmother, not a TikTok star. She thinks she's in charge because she's the only one with real dance experience. She went to the School of American Ballet for two years, until she hit puberty and her curves became too pronounced for the world of classical dance. Cammy's always patronizing me for not being formally trained or knowing all the proper dance terms. A frappe is not just something you get at Starbucks, Gwen. If I wanted to, I could be just as condescending back. It would be easy to knock her down a peg, remind her that I'm the one with 80 million TikTok followers while she lags behind by more than half. That although she may know the correct way to count music, there's only one queen bee in this house, me. But instead, I keep my professionally plumped lips sealed and nod along as she walks me through the 45-second dance for the 10th time. If I say anything now, things will just evolve into another fight. And she's right. We don't have much time left to get this right. I honestly can't tell the difference between what I was doing before and what she wants me to do now. But she seems pleased with my improvement. All right, let's run it again. She turns to Tucker, who had been filming us but is now lying across the foot of Cammy's bed, scrolling through Instagram. He's gone ahead and made himself comfortable, with his long limbs sprawled out. Tucker is six foot two, and from what I can tell... There's not been a moment in his 17 years of life during which he's worried about the space he takes up. Huh? He looks up from the phone. His eyes go wide as he registers Cammy's expression, 
so grumpy she looks kind of constipated. Oh, ready. He stands up and adjusts the backward baseball cap on his head. He raises the phone and taps the screen to record. Action. The music plays from TikTok, and we writhe and gyrate to the immortal sounds of the pussycat dolls. When I grow up, I want to be famous, I want to be a star. 45 seconds later, Cammy yells, cut. She snatches the phone from Tucker. I think this is the one. She turns the phone so I can take a look. I watch us dance on the small screen. See, I knew it wouldn't look off balance with just two of us. Yes, why apologize to your friend when you can just ignore the rule of thirds, Tucker says. Exactly, Cammy says, brushing off his sarcasm. She swipes through potential filters for our video. And might I remind you that I'm not the only one Sydney's mad at. Tucker bristles. We haven't been able to dance in our usual formation. Sydney to my right, Cammy to my left, since the big fight two days ago. Sydney stormed off that night, headed for her parents' house in the hills. She hasn't sent anyone here so much as a snap or a text, let alone indicated she's ready to shoot TikToks with us again. Are you sure about the song? Tucker changes the subject from his girlfriend's disappearing act. You don't think it's a bit too on the nose? Cammy shakes her head. It's tongue in cheek, Tucker. What do you mean? I say. Confused, I touch my own cheekbones, then the tip of my nose. Contour comes off my fingers. Does my nose look big in the video? Let me see it again. Cammy rolls her eyes. Tucker laughs at me. Not literally noses and cheeks, Gwen, he says. They're expressions. Duh, I knew that. I straighten my shoulders. I was just trying to be funny. Sure, honey, Cammy says with a look of pity. Embarrassment burns hot in my chest. I hate when people think I'm dumb. People assume that since I'm 17, platinum blonde, and basically as close to looking like a Barbie as La Mer skincare, the Tracy Anderson method and Dr. Malibu, plastic surgeon to the stars, can get me. I must also be shallow. But I'm not. I'm actually quite smart in my own way. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.